Um, it, it's great to be up here and talk with you about Christianity. It's one of the things that you can, you know, be masters of business or law or tech or dressmaking or whatever it is um, as a part of your um, degree and learn and study and think so deeply about all sorts of things um, and yet still have like zero or very simplistic or, uh, or Sunday school based levels of thinking about the most important questions of life. You know, and that all that you're thinking about it comes from memes or YouTubes or, or TV shows. And so it's awesome to have events like this. And it's awesome to be able to speak at events like this to help you to think through how can I actually, uh, you know, upgrade and deepen and, and um, have a tertiary level grasp of philosophy, of religion, of the big questions of life, you know. So especially if this is your first time to something like this, it's awesome that you're here. It's a great investment of your time, your mind, your energy. Um, and uh, what a great topic, why you should be a Christian today. And if you can come tomorrow at, um, at five o'clock somewhere, um, the information's over here, isn't it? That, um, uh, then we'll look at why you shouldn't be a Christian. And so the flip side of that across these two days. So, and, and it's all being recorded. So um, uh, if you can't come tomorrow, then you can always jump on the internets and get it there as well. Um, why you should be a Christian? Christians believe Christianity is good news, right? But we're, we're convinced that's what the word means. Gospel means good news. That when you found Christianity, Christians reckon you've found something that's great news for everybody—a gift from God, according to the promises of God, to give the blessings of God to the world. Christians believe it's actually good to be a Christian. Christians, uh, genuine Christians. Um, are not ultimately sad, imprisoned slaves, reluctant worshippers, but are actually joyful children of God who have found a great thing and want to share a great thing. And that's why Christians want other people to find out about Christianity um, and pray about it and plan for it and organise events about it. Um, not, I mean, we don't want to be all creepy and salesy about it, if we are, sorry. Um, we don't want to be sort of pushy and bullying about it. If we are in our eagerness, sorry. Um, and it's not some hidden agenda, but we genuinely go, Christianity's good. You, we want you to, to think about Christianity. We think you should be a Christian. And, and we want to talk to you about why. And if you're not sure, we want to explore with you further to find out why you should or maybe you end up saying, ah, nah, not convinced. I don't think I should be. That's the kind of thing we want to think about. So that's what we're looking at today. I've got five reasons. I could go on forever, but five, and then we'll have time for some questions and answer. Um, but before I do that, how about I, I pray briefly for us all, for me as I speak, for you as you listen. Um, Heavenly Father, we ask now for the good gift of open hearts and minds, that we can hear and think openly and generously, that we can come to see the truth more clearly uh, and know our own hearts um, more fully. But we pray also, and I pray that uh, as you have revealed yourself in your son Jesus and in your word and the truths of your gospel, that you'll reveal yourselves now, uh, yourself now to us, that you'll re reveal yourself so that we can know you, trust you and follow you. Help me speak clearly and truly and help us hear well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so why, why should you be a Christian? Uh, five reasons. First one, um, because of Jesus, not because of the church. 
That's the first reason why I think you should be a Christian. That it's really important to understand that central to Christianity is not Christians, but Christ. And to become a Christian is about meeting and understanding and trusting Jesus Christ, not in the first place, Christians. Uh, Becoming a Christian is not in the first place about the institutional church. It's not about the track record of the lives of Christians uh, or Christian communities or Christianized countries. Should we get these seats somewhere non-awkward for people to sit on as well? Yeah, that way if anyone else turns up late. Um, uh, fundamental to Christianity is Christ. And it, it, there, look, there is a time to stop and think about what influence has Christianity had uh, in society or in an individual's life, you know, and, and it's worth to, it's a challenge to say, well, what about these people who say they're Christians and who don't live up to these ideals? That, that's a good thing to think about, but it's not the first thing to think about. Fundamental to Christianity is Christ. And actually, Christianity tells us Christ is needed to rescue guilty people, to forgive guilty people, so that actually Christians and Christian churches and Christian institutions and Christianised societies are still full of guilty people, flawed people, works in progress. Um, And so you'll expect to see disappointments and outrage in the lives of individual Christians and Christian institutions because Christianity is about Christ and his forgiveness. Let me give you an example. If you have a Bible or want to Google up Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, um, and I'll just read it out for you if you just want to, uh, to listen along. But in, in Colossians chapter 1, um, we, we read about this high view that Christians have about Jesus. It, it says about Jesus that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Colossians 1 verse 16, in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Jesus and for him. He's before all things and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church, the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so then everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through Christ to reconcile to himself all things, whether things in heaven or things on earth, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Into Colossians chapter 2, he summarised this, this, this kind of stuff again by saying that uh, in verse 9 of Colossians 2, in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He's the head over every power and authority. Christianity is about Jesus. Or put it more simply in Jesus' words, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Become a Christian because of Jesus. How amazing he is, how glorious he is, how perfect he is, how faithful he is. Not, not, first of all, worrying about the church. Secondly, why should you be a Christian? Because the truth, not just a myth. Because the truth, not just a myth. I want to say to you that Credo here at UTS and that me down in Hobart and that any genuine Christian church doesn't offer up Christianity and that the gospel as like a, a religious narrative to help you make meaning. It's not that we say, here's a story that is meaningful to us. Maybe you'd like to appropriate this story and it could be meaningful to you as well. Uh, It's not that Christians are saying, in Christianity is a story so deep and ancient that taps into such profound, billions old realities of, of existence. 
um, and that summarises these. And so that when you capture Christian stories, you're tapping into useful truth in story form. I think Christianity does do that. (laughs) I think it is a powerful story and does tap into deep things. But I'm not saying you should become a Christian just because it's a useful story, a, a powerful myth. The Bible presents itself and Christians hold the message of Jesus as true truth, as history truth, as fact truth, as this world truth. That it's useful, not just because of its mythic power, but because it usefully tells me what happened in the history, Jesus of history, uh, what the world is actually like. You could say loosely scientific history, uh, scientific truth, that there is actually in fact a God. You know, it's a loose use of scientific, but what I mean is actual factual not just God is a useful idea, and that Christianity tells us truth about the end of all things, that there genuinely is uh, life beyond this life that we need rescue from. Here's a passage from one of Jesus' followers called Peter, and uh, you can again Google 1 Peter, uh, sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, or look it up in your Bibles, on your phones or paper. Um, and, and in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, Jesus' follower Peter says, We didn't follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of the Lord Jesus in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We're getting more than a powerful story in Christianity. We're getting something in from outside, something down from above, something transformative and rescuing and ultimate that doesn't just help us with the problems we already have, but gives us hope for something greater still. Become a Christian because of Christ, not the church, because it's true, not just a myth. Thirdly, because it's about grace, not law. Become a Christian because it's about grace, not law. Here's a story, um, it was a, seri- a story about uh, Jesus' life on earth uh, in Mark chapter 2. Uh, it's, it's kind of a scandal, really. One of the scandals that, um, that Jesus uh, causes on earth when people looked in on the way he behaved and were trying to make sense of it. Um, we read here uh, that Jesus was having dinner, Mark chapter 2, verse 15, having dinner at Levi's house, and many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many tax collectors and sinners who followed him. And when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why is he doing this? And on hearing this, Mark chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. I haven't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. It's not the healthy who need the doctor, it's the sick. The hospital is not a place for people who are already healthy. Oh, come into our hospital. We'd love to have some more people in emergency and in the wards, filling up all the beds who've got nothing wrong with them. (laughs) Stupid hospital management, that is, right? A hospital is for people who've got things wrong with them. And the the emergency ward is for people who've got something seriously wrong with them. Christianity is, is the emergency ward. It's the hospital. It's the place for sinners, for outcasts, for people who are ashamed, ashamed and guilty and rejected and failed and flawed. For people who've who have ruined things in one way or another and maybe even feel beyond it, beyond rescue. 
Jesus ate with such people, welcomed such people, associated with such people, caused scandal. So there were rumours about him that he was a drunkard because he spent time with the undesirables. How awesome is that? He tells a story in another one of the gospel books, the Gospel of Luke in the Bible, uh, about two people coming towards the temple. One who, who comes right into the temple, religious place, and looks straight up to God and says, I thank you, God, uh, that I'm not like others, but I'm holy, I'm devout, I'm righteous, I'm faithful, I give and I pray and I serve and I fast. Thank you, God, for how I submit to you and serve you. Um, and then another dares not even go inside, stands at a distance, dares not look up, but looks down. And, and, and the only prayer that they can pray is, God, have mercy on me. A guilty one, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you, the second one went home right with God, not the first one. What a shock. Who does God welcome in the end? Who does God bless in the end? Who does God reward in the end? The person who asks for his mercy, his forgiveness, his grace. Not the person who's devout and right and faithful and perfect. <laughs> in fact, the risk is by trusting so much in my goodness, I might fail to ever ask for God's mercy and might miss out being so close and yet miss out entirely. One of Jesus' followers, the Apostle Paul, uh, says, lists all the things he could boast in, in his religious and his ethnic identity. And he says, whatever I considered my profit, I now consider loss. I consider it junk in favour of knowing Jesus and his mercy, his forgiveness, his righteousness, his hope. Often we talk about different faiths. Uh, you know, faith schools, faith organisations, faith groups, faiths of the world. Um, and by that, we just mean kind of religions, don't we? It's just a word for religion. Uh, but Christianity is, is a faith in a whole other way. It's not just another faith like other religions. Central to Christianity is faith in the sense of simple trust in the mercy of God. God have mercy on me, a sinner. Christianity is a faith. A Christian group is a faith-based group in a way that a lot of religious movements aren't. That's central to it is not what I do and who I am and how I perform, what I believe, but I trust God's mercy. So why should you become a Christian? Because you can. Any of you can that it's for anyone. And the confidence of Christianity is that it's a free gift. It's about grace, not law. It's what God does, not what I do. God's mercy, not my achievement. It's the whole reason Jesus died. His death is a death to take away human guilt and judgment and give sure forgiveness. You become a Christian because of Christ, not the church. You should become a Christian uh, because it's true, not just a myth. You should become a Christian because it's about grace, forgiveness, not uh, law and achievement. Fourth, you should become a Christian because it leads to godliness and away from ungodliness. Now, why is that a good thing? 
What do I mean? What, what, godliness, ungodliness. What I mean is um, to become a Christian is not simply God helping me a bit. It's not a, like a luck thing or an extra benefit thing. Things are going pretty well. My marks are okay. Everything's on a good track. But it would be good to be really sorted. And maybe if I get a bit of God, then I'll have an extra God boost. Like when you're down in the foyer playing your Mario Kart and you get one of those turbo boosts and go super fast and nothing can kill you. You know, you get a kind of God boost like that. Um, or even maybe like, yeah, anyway, I won't carry on with that. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> keep the illustration an illustration. <laughs> um, uh, and, but Christianity is not just get a God boost, get a little bit of a benefit, a little bit of a perk, and then I'll be, you know, then I carry on with my life. But actually, Christianity is about coming back into line, into tune, into harmony with your creator, with the purpose of all things, with the God who is, the one God who made all and is all in all, to actually come back into tune with reality, to turn away from a fractured, dislocated, aimless effort and actually come into the slipstream of, of God's purposes. It means that I can know something of who God is and God's purpose in the world and what God values and then live that way. It's not just get forgiveness, do my own thing, get a God boost to help me in my own life, but it's actually to then be a part of God's purposes, that I could wake up in the morning and the alarm goes off. You know the alarm when you set it some other time in the day and, and it goes off to remind you to catch the bus but it goes off and reminds you of waking up in the morning and you get that sort of sick kind of groggy feeling. <laughs> oh. um, but actually we can wake up and say, wow, I know my creator. I know what life's about. Life's going somewhere. Amazing. And what is life about? Well, in the first place, when Jesus was asked, what's most important in life? What's the greatest commandments? In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus was asked exactly this question. And he said, uh, the greatest commandment, the, the, the meaning of life, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength and to love your neighbour as, as yourself. This is Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 and following. Love the Lord your God. Love God. Know God with all your mind, heart, soul, strength. And love your neighbour as yourself. And then at the end of, his, uh, of Matthew's gospel, we're told that Jesus' purpose in the world now is to bring the knowledge of God and of God's mercy to the whole world. That we, we now go and make disciples of all nations, telling them of God's love and his mercy and his purposes in Jesus. To find rescue in Jesus, forgiveness in Jesus. That's what life's about. To love God, to love others, to bring the message of God's mercy to the world. And everything else, the Bible is there to, to guide me towards that end. What lasts into eternity? You know, you're on your deathbed, look back on your life. What's life really all about? What's a life well lived? What really lasts? What does God value? What's of first importance? Lives of love, lives honouring God and loving others. That's what's of 
of ultimate value. And people brought back into peace with God. A life lived for those. Look, there's so much more to life, you know, than, than degrees and buildings named after you and, and publications and shoes and clothes and travel destinations and investment properties and super balance, bank balances and, and popularity and reputation. And there's so much, these things are all great things in their place, but there's more to life than that. You are more than your travel destinations and your Facebook friends and your, your wardrobe. You're more than the letters before and after your name. You're more than the number in your bank balance. You're more than your reputation in the community. There's more to life than that. To know your creator, to love your neighbour, to live in the light of eternity. What are you living for? And last of all, why should you become a Christian? Because it gives hope, not fear. Gives hope, not fear. One of Jesus' other followers, John, writes in 1 John chapter 4, verse 14, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. There's no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That amazing thought that God's love in Jesus, because Jesus takes away God's punishment, God's love drives out all fear. I don't need to fear punishment. I don't need to fear death. The devil, hell in Jesus is forgiveness. The greatest fears in life are gone. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says, talks about the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But Jesus rips out the sting, sucks out the poison. So where, O oh death, is your victory? <laughs> where, O oh death, is your sting? But thanks be to God and our Lord Jesus Christ. He, he rescues us from those things so that we can have a sure hope of the mortal being swallowed up in immortality. A beautiful passage from uh, Romans chapter 8 that I'll close with um, speaks about the sure confidence for this life and eternity is found in Jesus. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, we read, What shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who didn't spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why should you become a Christian? Because there is sure hope for this life and eternity. It's good news. <laughs> it's good to be a Christian. If it's true, 
Wouldn't it be awesome if it was true? Now, some of you know these things. You you have a sense of them. uh, But you're still holding God at arm's length. Why? Why not turn to trust in him? Why not to make peace with him? Why not receive the blessings he offers you in Jesus? Why wouldn't you? Why not even today? Some of you, you're not there yet. You've got questions. You could ask some questions in a sec. We'll take some questions now. You can grab me afterwards. You could, you've got friends here, maybe classmates. You could ask them, you know, uh, your questions. Investigate for yourself. There's also groups that this, this group, not, in, not only these public events, but small group events. Uh, in, you can meet with smaller groups of people and, and read the Bible. There'll be a form later, web form thing, where you can express your interest in that or come and steal a Bible from these guys. There's little Gospels of Mark up the front here. Just, just distract someone and nick one as you go. <laughs> you could read that. Or you can just Google it as well. You can find it all online, right? It's, um, uh, but do something to find out more because you're here now, aren't you? You may never be this interested again. This may be the time in your life when you seriously think about God and eternity. So follow it through at least one more step, won't you, for now? Take it a step further. Chase it through. See what you might find. How about I pray briefly and then I'll hand back to, uh, to Dom. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for Christ, for the truth that he is for us, of your grace, of the opportunity to be made at peace with you, to live in line with you and to have sure hope in him. Thank you so much for that. And we pray uh, that those of us who trust him will live in the light of these great truths, that those of us who are still searching will find and and be brought to confidence uh, in these things by your power. In Jesus' name. Amen.